O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, February 15, 2021. President's Day hasn't been canceled yet. Uh, we're working toward that. It'll take him another few years to get there. But we'll block it. Stand up for your country. So impeachment over. Thank God. I mean that literally. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, totally unnecessary. Uh, mistakes uh, on uh, all sides. No doubt about it. Uh, but the country suffers for it. And we're going to run it down because the aftermath of this is very important for what happens in 2022. Right? So this, this sets um, a table whereby uh, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are both, uh, have both hurt themselves. Um, now, the Democrats don't seem to understand that, but they have. And I'll, I'm going to go through this um, so we have clarity on it. So let's run it down uh, methodically. I love that word. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm going to pound George Will tonight, the columnist for the Washington Post. And I relish this because I never knew it. But uh, when I came out with my book, Killing Reagan, he attacked the book in a dishonest way. And ever since then, I've had my eye on him. So that's coming up. So first of all, uh, Donald Trump uh, does not have uh, access to Twitter or Facebook or anything like that anymore. Um, apparently, he doesn't put out videos, which I think he should, but he doesn't do that. So he did a full screen press release. And here's what he said. This is on February 13th, Saturday. This has been another phase of the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. No president has ever gone through anything like it. it continues because of our opponents cannot forget Almost 75 million people, the highest number ever for a sitting president, voted for us just a few short months ago. I also want to convey my gratitude to millions of decent, hard-working, law-abiding, God-and-country-loving citizens who have bravely supported these important principles in these very difficult and challenging times. Our historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. That's a good statement for uh, Donald Trump. Um, he got in all the words he had to get in. Um, but certainly this did not help him at all, this entire impeachment fiasco. All right, the next one is uh, President Biden, his statement. Uh, quote, while uh, the final vote did not lend to a conviction, the substance of the charge is not in dispute. That's not true right there, Mr. Biden. Even those opposed to the conviction, like Senate Minority Leader McConnell, believe Donald Trump is guilty of a, quote, disgraceful dereliction of duty, unquote, and practically and morally responsible for provoking the violence unleashed on the Capitol. This is how we end this uncivil war and heal the very soul of our nation. That is a task ahead. It's a task we must undertake together as the United States of America, Joe Biden on Saturday also. Well, this hooey about, uh, you know, healing the soul and all that is disingenuous. All right. Mr. Biden knows he's not going to heal anything with his far left posture. That's impossible. What do you think? Conservative traditional people are going to support you and going to uh, back you with these kinds of far left progressive tenets that you're putting out there, Mr. President? Is that what you think? Because if that's what you think, you're not living in the real world. You are delusional. Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, Senate uh, Minority Leader McConnell. Roll the tape. 
by the strict criminal standard, the president's speech probably was not incitement. However, however, in the context of impeachment, the Senate might have decided this was acceptable shorthand for the reckless actions that preceded the riot. That's a bunch of hooey. Um, acceptable shorthand is not uh, a legal term. Um, you either incite or you don't. Uh, there was not an insightful uh, phrase uttered. Um, and McConnell, why is he doing this? Okay, that's a question. Because he doesn't want a remnants of the Trump Republican Party going forward. He never liked Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't defer to him, as most other presidents had. Um, Biden certainly will defer to McConnell. Um, Trump, he didn't do it. So it was personal, but uh, going forward, McConnell wants a uh, swampy Republican Party, if I can use that word, swampy. He doesn't want mavericks. He doesn't want populists. Um, you know, he's a guy that's been around forever and an establishment Washington guy. That's who he is. So that's what that was all about, sending a message that, hey, we don't need this again. Now, the seven uh, Republican senators who uh, voted to convict, Bill Cassidy, Louisiana, Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania, Richard Byrd, North Carolina, Ben Sass, Nebraska, Collins, Maine, Murkowski, Alaska, Mitt Romney, Utah. Uh, Cassidy has been censured. That censure is um, when the state's party, the Republican Party, all right, basically says uh, you did uh, something wrong. I don't think Cassidy did anything wrong. He voted his conscience. Fine. Um, you don't like it, Republican Party? Primary him. People in Louisiana don't want him. They'll, they'll vote him out. Okay. So, you know, Cassidy got sanctioned. Uh, Toomey not running again. Um, the Republican Party in Pennsylvania said that uh, this was not a good vote, but what are they going to do to Toomey? He's not running again. Okay, uh, Burr, Burr's in trouble now. Burr's in trouble. Uh, the rumor is that uh, Eric Trump's wife is going to run against him, uh, primary him for the Senate next time around. I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> Burr is not... That hurt him. Sass a little bit more powerful in Nebraska. Um, there will be a censure vote there on Sass. Sass hates Trump. I don't really know why he does, but he does. Collins in Maine. Maine is a state that is not ideological and that, you know, they don't care. So Collins not going to. Murkowski, uh, she's going to be primaried, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, in Alaska, very, very red state. And they overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump. And Murkowski is not a Republican. So if a strong Republican emerges in Alaska, he or she could beat Murkowski, in my opinion. Romney, very powerful in Utah. Um, nothing going to happen to him there. But Mitt Romney would like to run for president again. And that's never going to happen. Never in a million years. So if that was his plan, not going to happen. Um, Nancy Pelosi, I'm just throwing this in to reinforce my uh, comments about Joe Biden uh, wanting to bring the nation together and all this utter balderdash. All right, here is Pelosi. Go. What we saw in that Senate today was a cowardly group of Republicans 
who apparently have no options because they were afraid to defend their job, respect the institution in which they served. Okay, now I'm hearing that uh, the reason uh, that Democrats didn't call more witnesses, didn't call any, just had a uh, conversation put into the record, was because the first witness, Lindsey Graham, a Republican senator from South Carolina, and others would call would be Nancy Pelosi. Because the word is that she was tipped off. And I don't know whether this is true or not. I usually don't report rumor and speculation, but this is all over the place. The word is that she was tipped off that there would be uh, violence at the Capitol that day and didn't take any action or spread it around at all. That could be totally false. But the threat was made that if you Democrats start to bring in witnesses, Nancy Pelosi is going to be number one witness for us, the Republicans. So all of a sudden, there was a back off. Makes sense, but again, I cannot confirm that. So um, the lawyer representing Donald Trump, Michael Vander Veen, his house was vandalized in Philadelphia. And another lawyer uh, representing Trump, same thing happened to him. So this is bringing the country together. This is what this is, right? Uh-huh. That's what it is. So all of this smoke blowing uh, from the Democrats, from President Biden, you know, it, it kind of gets me a little torqued off. Tell the truth, are you? You hate Trump. That's what it's all about. You hate him. Just say it. Media reaction. Um, yeah, it's predictable. I didn't watch it, but my crack staff did and, and gave me about 15 sound bites to choose from. So the first one I selected was House impeachment manager, Congresswoman Madeline Dean from Pennsylvania. Go. Think about it. For the first time in however many years, we had an insurrection incited by the president of the United States where five people died. More have died since. Hundreds were injured. People lost fingers, lost eyesight. Uh, the house was desecrated. The Capitol was desecrated. People were terrorized. This was incited by the President of the United States. Of course there must be a full uh, commission, an impartial commission. Impartial commission. She just convicted Kron, the President. Trump, of the most heinous crimes, murder. That woman just convicted him of murder. She said, oh, it was because of him these people died. But I want an impartial commission to make me look like a fool. Yeah, sure. Sure you do. <laughs> it's just, again, just tell the truth. You hate him. That's all. Second uh, soundbite. Um, I never heard of this woman before. Yvette Simpson. No idea who she is. Uh, but she apparently is a former Democrat member of the Cincinnati City Council. Wow. You know, you got to have somebody from the Cincinnati City Council on your national program, George Stephanopoulos. Pull the tape. Donald Trump got away with murder, plain and simple, and everybody's calling procedural playbooks for that, and there is no reason for that. I mean, if the Republicans had a Democrat in that seat, they would have broken the rules, created new rules, and they would have made it happen. And the idea that now he is emboldened, that the people who support him know that they can get away with this makes really me afraid. Makes her afraid. Oh, I'm afraid. 
of these Trump supporters. <laughs> Punching garbage. I love Dick Durbin. Don't you love Dick? He's been there since the War of 1812 as a Democratic senator. Roll the tape. Many of them were voting out of fear. What would happen if they went home? I would just ask them to take a reflection on the future of their party, which embraces QAnon conspiracy and Proud Boys, and then shuns Cindy McCain and Bill Cassidy. What is the future of a Republican Party in that posture? Well, I don't know what the future of the Republican Party. What is the future of the Democrat Party that embraces the Black Lives Matter global organization, a communist outfit, and Antifa? Now, of course, Chuck Todd should have asked that question, but no. So Republicans embrace QAnon and Proud Boys, but the Democrat, Black Lives Matter, Durbin, Mr. Durbin, maybe? No. All right, George Will. Perhaps the biggest phony in the country puts himself up as a conservative writer. He works at the Washington Post, so he panders to his employers. So um, this is what I tweeted um, on, um, oh, let's see, this is a, let me do, a, let me do my uh, SOT, sound on tape, from February 9th. This is what I said February 9th, go. They edited out uh, the Democrats, and this is just beyond the pale. They edited out, we're going to walk down peacefully. So they cut that out of the president's speech. Now, that is deception at the highest level. No one more needs to be said about it. So the entire Democratic Party should be ashamed. I thought it was February 9th, okay? So in the House manager's presentation, they used tape of the riots and everything else and of President Trump's speech, but they edited out the comments peacefully and patriotically, we'll walk to the Capitol. So Will, five days later, writes in his column, quote, the presentation by the House management managers was a demonstration, the more welcome for its rarity, of congressional conscientiousness and meticulousness. So he knew, Will knew, that they edited out the exculpatory part of President Trump's speech. And he says to the, to the uh, Washington Post readers, this is congressional conscientiousness and meticulousness. All right, here's what I tweeted after I read this yesterday. Put it on up. On February 9th, the Democrat House managers deceived Americans by editing out President Trump saying peacefully and patriotically and speaking to the January 6th protesters in Washington. That's a fact. Today, Washington Post columnist George Will wrote, the presentation by the impeachment House managers was a demonstration of congressional consciousness, conscientiousness and meticulousness. Thanks for the honesty, Georgie. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, uh, it has consciousness there, so we get conscientiousness, okay? All right, so what, what am I supposed to do with George Will? What, what can you do? I mean, blatantly misleading his readers. And there's no, he said, she said, no defense. He did it. Think anyone will call him out? Will his editors say, George, maybe next week you're going to have to explain the meticulousness and conscientious 
line since the Congressional House managers edited out the most important exculpatory part of President Trump's speech. Maybe, maybe you owe it to the Washington Post readers to kind of explain that. Never happened. This is when I say the corrupt corporate media, this is what I mean. Bezos, Amazon, owns the Washington Post. Will works for Bezos. So Will is going to give him what he wants. But then Will struts around like, oh, I'm an intellectual uh, conservative. What he did to me in killing Reagan was just unconscionable. And that's when I knew. So Google Bill O'Reilly, George Will, and you'll see what I told him face to face because I'm not a backstabber. I'll stab you right in the front if you need it. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay. I wrote a column called Toil and Trouble, where I invoked Shakespeare in this whole after-election madness, okay? And um, I use Shakespeare's Song of the Witches from Macbeth. Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. So my uh, contention in the column is that a spell, a witch's spell over Washington, D.C., and I hope that it's lifted. All right. Now, this is a key part in the column, and I hope you read it. It's posted on BillOReilly.com. Quote, regarding the aftermath of the election, here's the truthful assessment. President Trump lost all perspective and acted irresponsibly in challenging the outcome. Instead of listening to people feeding his ego with unverifiable theories, he should have called for a federal forensic-based investigation of suspect voting precincts. When an incumbent president receives more than 74 million votes and loses, that is certainly a reasonable request. Now, I, I, that's as fair as I can make it. One more. Michael Vander Veen, a lawyer who defended Trump in the Senate trial, presented a strong argument. At no point in their presentation did you hear House managers play a single example of Mr. Trump urging anyone to engage in violence of any kind. He engaged in no language of incitement whatsoever. Now, that doesn't mean Donald Trump did not want a massive protest on his behalf. He did. But Trump is a smart man who had to understand that violence at the Capitol could not possibly do him any good. Okay? And that is the truth. He did not know 
that his rhetoric was going to lead to this horrible intrusion into the state capitol. That is the truth. But running up to it, and even when it was happening, President Trump made a lot of mistakes. And that's the truth as well. Okay. In an internal survey, the New York Times said that half of its employees say they cannot have a free exchange of views inside the company. All right, so the New York Post gleefully printed that. They got a hold of the leak. So half of the New York Times employees says, yeah, we can't, can't say what's on our minds or we'll get it fired. And indeed, they've been firing people all over the place. And there was a column by Brett Stevens uh, who lamented the latest firing of some science reporter who said something in Peru, and he got the ax. Um, and then they killed Stevens' column. <laughs> this, is, this is the newspaper record. So, of course, this only leaks into the New York Post, and they print it. Now, I, I canceled my Times subscription five years ago after they brutally came after me, and it was insane what they did. All right? That was enough of them. I don't read them. I don't care what they say. But I do know that what they say is used by the progressive left. All right? But now the New York Times has fallen apart, literally fallen apart. Good. Um, but here's what you should know. No media organization that I know of in this entire country will foster freedom of speech inside the building. None of them. So you work at NBC News and you're seen in Central Park, New York City with a MAGA hat playing softball. Somebody sees that, takes a picture of you, your career is over. And every other news organization is the same way. You don't toe their line like George Will in the Washington Post. You don't toe their line. Done. No freedom of speech. Now, on Wednesday, we're going to have a former producer for 60 Minutes who has a book out. He'll be on his program. We're going to talk about the corruption of the press. COVID CDC says the schools could safely reopen. A full screen, please. Evidence suggests that many K-12 schools that have strictly implemented mitigation strategies have been able to safely open for in-person instruction and remain open, unquote. Well, that doesn't really mean anything because um, the teachers' unions in Philadelphia, Chicago, New York City, and L.A. don't want the schools open. And they say, well, we don't want our teachers in there. And the teachers don't want to go, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, because they can stay at home and do virtual for the same amount of money. Why do they have to come in and you know, deal with wise guy urchins? Much easier to stay at home, Right. Then I got to go out, wear a mask. You know, it was a one in 10,000 chance you might get it, but still that. As I stay in my house, I get the same money. Now, the teachers' unions control the Democratic Party. They're not going to go up against them because they give so much money. It's like the lawyers. American lawyers control the Democratic Party. You're never going to get tort reform here because there's just too much money going into the party. Money, man, what? Teachers' unions, pension fund money, boom, boom, boom. Um, what do you see in Killing Mob? Where do you see it? Because we get into the unions big in that book. But anyway, um, Chicago, no high school students back. New York City, nobody back. De Blasio, he's not going to do that. 
Philadelphia, nobody back. Uh, L.A., nobody back. Okay, now I live 20 miles away. All right, and, and my son goes to Catholic school. It's been open since September. A couple of kids got it, but it wasn't a big deal. They dealt with it. All right, teachers are in, teachers are teaching, everybody's in. But no, if I live 20 miles to the west of me, no. But Catholic schools are open in New York City. And private schools, not just Catholic. Um, but, I mean, this is just insane. This shows you the corruption in this country where unions could dictate public policy. All right, in California, Newsom, and he's another one. Gavin Newsom, all right, he's another one. Ruined the state because of COVID. How many people have gone bankrupt in California? All right, schools aren't open, and, and, and then, you know, as you all know, COVID goes out to a big fancy restaurant, no mask, and does what he wants. So he's going to be recalled. And that means they got 150, uh, they got 1,509,000 signatures on a petition to put uh, a recall vote for Gavin Newsom up, and it'll be up this summer. So on the vote, it goes, do you want to remove Governor Newsom? Yes or no? You check one. And then if yes, who do you want to replace him? And they'll have a bunch of candidates gubernatorial candidates. Remember this happened with Governor Gray Davis and Arnold Schwarzenegger got to be governor because of that recall movement. Same thing's going to happen. Now, you got to reach a certain threshold to get on the ballot. I'm not sure what that is right now, um, but this is going to happen. Now, will they boot Newsom out? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be intense. I don't know. But the fact that he's going to be recalled and that's going to be a vote, that's a good thing because Newsom's ruined the whole state. Let's go across the country to New York right here. Ruined. Totally ruined. New York State, gone. Just like California. Progressive leadership ruins cities and states. Just go down the line. Not a partisan statement. It's a fact. But you can't recall Governor Andrew Cuomo. We don't have that here. Can't recall him. And he's not up for re-election to 2022. But now, because he covered up nursing home deaths, and you're following that story, um, a lot of things can happen to Cuomo. None of them good. So Cuomo, who was a hero three, four months ago, he got an Emmy for his press conferences, of course, he wasn't telling the truth in the press conferences, but he got an Emmy for him, wrote a book on the greatest COVID guy. Nobody bought the book, but he wrote it, got paid for it. Okay, now the far left is turning on him. Here is a quote from uh, State Senator Jessica Ramos, as progressive as he can get, represents Queens. It has become increasingly clear that the governor has allowed his ego and his donor base to dictate the response to this pandemic, leaving the most vulnerable in our communities at risk and dismissing their cries at every turn. His emergency powers must be rescinded. He and his administration must be subpoenaed for all the pertinent information and a full investigation must result in justice for our grieving families. Jessica Ramos, oh my God. So they're all turning on Cuomo here in New York, huh? I don't think he's going to run again. I really don't. 
COVID, New Orleans, Mardi Gras. Supposed to be tomorrow, Fat Tuesday. Now, if you don't understand Mardi Gras, uh, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, where uh, Christians uh, go into a uh, penance for uh, 40 days um, in a run-up to Easter. Okay? Before the penance starts, the tradition that started in the Middle Ages in Europe is have a party. That's Mardi Gras. Did you know that? I hope you did, but if you didn't, now you do. So anyway, Fat Tuesday, uh-uh, not in New Orleans, because last year they did have the full celebration, and in Louisiana was just crippled by COVID because of that. So uh, if you're heading down to Big Easy, turn around, come back, even though it was an ice storm, you pull over and go into a motel. So there are all restrictions. No bars open. You can't have takeout booths. No pedestrians or vehicles in the French Quarter. Indoor gatherings, 10 individuals, outdoor 25. So no uh, celebration in New Orleans because of culture, because uh, of COVID. Cancel culture. University of Iowa. The University of Iowa. Wait till you hear this. This is unbelievable. Dr. Sarah Bond, the director of undergraduate studies at the entire university, says she is going to try to dismantle and burn classical education. Why? In order for white supremacy to be smothered, according to Dr. Bond. She wants a traditional model of classics out because it is insulting to marginalized groups. So, Latin and Greek, out of here. Shakespeare, gone. Everything gone. What is it replaced with? We don't know. But all the classical education, she wants to ban at the University of Iowa. Now, I'm going to Iowa State if I live in Iowa. <laughs> you know, if you go into a state school, you go in there. I, I, this is Iowa. I was shocked. So we call them. We call the president. What are you going to do about this? Are you on board with this? What are you going to do? Silence. No, 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 no statement. I'll keep you posted on this. Cancel culture. All right, we have another cancel culture story from 399 B.C. That's before Christ. Now, some pinheads have wiped out B.C., because it references Jesus, so you can't do that. But I don't follow that. So 399 B.C., 2,419 years ago, today, Socrates was convicted of crimes and sentenced to death. Socrates. Do you know who he is? He's a philosopher. And uh, After all this time, almost 2,500 years. Socrates' philosophy is still taught in most places, but not the University of Iowa, apparently. So what does Socrates do? Well, he questioned the Greek gods. That's Zeus and a, and a gang. <laughs> okay. He wasn't quite sure about Mount Olympus and they're all living up there. Socrates said, maybe not. And he taught that to his young students. So he was convicted of um, insulting the gods and corrupting the youth. So they gave him poison, hemlock, 
executioner made him drink it. But Socrates didn't fight this. His uh, supporters wanted to whisk him away. They could have gotten him out of it. He goes, no. He's about 72 years old at the time. So he drank the poison and then he died. And that was the ultimate cancel culture. That's for sure. So you got a very interesting mail segment coming up. And then a final thought, a follow-up on the uh, Harry and David uh, thing. I think uh, there was a big lesson learned here. So that's coming up after this. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith. So we got a very interesting letter last week, but I wanted to check it out before I read it, um, which we did, and made sure it was legit. So uh, Michael from Oregon writes, Bill, you asked Andy No if police officers in the city of Portland and the city of Seattle despise Antifa. I'm a senior police officer for the city of Portland, and will tell you and your viewers that every Portland police officer I know, which is everybody, less some newer officers, despises Antifa. Additionally, almost all officers take issue with the anti-police and Marxist ideologies of the Black Lives Matter movement. Please realize that most cops are demoralized due to feckless leadership and the effects of a district attorney that dismisses victimized individuals and communities in preference of Antifa and BLM ideologies. Safe communities are fewer, and my interaction with community members lead me to believe that quality of life is un healthy in Portland. Thank you, Michael, for writing that. That's absolutely true, not only in Portland, but everywhere in the world, everywhere in the United States, particularly. If you guys elect far left people who hate the cops, people are going to get hurt and the cities are going to dramatically decline. That's it. Message board, Mary Lou, you are wrong, Bill. Donald Trump did nothing to hurt his country. His supporters are responsible for their own actions. He presided over many rallies, very patriotic, filled to capacity, and fun-loving. I attended one myself in Iowa. All right, listen, uh, Mary Lou, I respect your opinion. I think I've laid out my case in a fairly uh, strong way. Michelle, concierge member, she gets, uh, Michelle gets direct access to me through email. Bill, how can you produce evidence if no one wants to investigate? That's a huge problem. It's true that in many blue states, corruption of the election is not going to be investigated. It's true. But the federal government could do it, could do it today. Now, if it doesn't do it, and we're still waiting for the Durham report, remember, it's almost two years for that, then the people have to seriously consider changing the political climate and then by their vote. You want a corrupt country? Keep voting for corrupt politicians. Anna, concierge member, I don't understand why the lengthy comments of Senator McConnell after the acquittal. I explained it tonight, but I'll just say 
McConnell does not want any part of the Trump populist movement. Jack Sugarbaker or Teeing Washington, why has Donald Trump been so quiet? It's not like him because he has no access. So social media shut him entirely down. Networks and uh, most cables won't play anything he records. Fox News would and uh, Newsmax and One America would. But, you know, he's taking a break. I don't think that's a bad thing. Tom Villancourt, Albuquerque, New Mexico, was fascinated by the no-spin news last night, your statement that information has to be given to authorities for them to investigate. Do you really believe the Justice Department is interested in doing anything that helps conservatives? No, I don't think the Justice Department is doing anything um, to help any ideology. But you do have a lot of careerists, people who have been there forever, um, and it's up to the Attorney General. And Barr, I thought, was pretty good. I don't know what happened at the end. I don't know what happened. But you got to have... A law enforcement agency, again, investigate. Can't be Mike Lindell. It's got to be somebody with subpoena power. Rob Schaefer, Copeg, New York on Long Island. Any chance of a fair investigation into these nursing home deaths? Now there is. Now everybody's on it in New York. Lori Abner, Cold Spring, Kentucky. Love the no-spin news, faithfully watch. You have referred repeatedly to the organization on K Street that distributes news to the media. What exactly is the name of the organization? Why does it hold so much influence? The conference call um, most mornings, Monday to Friday, um, run often by the Bonner Group, B-O-N-N-E-R, but not exclusively. So there are a dozen, maybe 15 political action groups paid for by Democratic party dollars. Okay. You donate money to the parties. Parties hire these people. These people have conference calls. They send out a message to the media daily. That's how it works. Doug Blair, Honolulu, Hawaii. Bill, how can President Biden do executive orders on immigration that go against the law? He can't. That's why Texas blocked the deportation order, but it has to go to court. That's the system. Edward Bida, Mechanicsville, Virginia, for everyone's consideration, people that want single-payer health care need to observe the vaccine distribution situation. Excellent point. If you want the government running your health care, take a look at the COVID vaccine. Excellent point. Donna Fanuck, Yonkers, New York. Funny, I haven't heard anyone wanting to give up their day off for President's Day. That's right. But if they, you know, it's like if the presidents get marginalized, then I'll have something else in you know, some other kooky thing. Martha, excellent broadcast as usual, Bill. Love the killing books. Just finished Killing England. It was simply chock full of information. These cancel culture people need to read it. They'll never get to read it. They don't care about that. They don't want the truth about the United States. You know, Martha, you have to understand, and everybody watching tonight has to understand and listening on the radio. People don't want the truth. They want to impose their ideology on everyone else. All right, by uh, order, killing the mob in advance, and you're going to like it. May 4th, get 50% off killing Crazy Horse. So as winter ebbs, we still have terrible weather across the country. Curl up with a good buck. All right. Uh, when writing to us, do not be specious. S-P-E-C-I-O-U-S. All right, back with Harry and David in a moment. So here's the final thought of the day. Told you last week that 
I give gifts to people who help out me or my news organization. And that's a nice thing for everybody to do. Now, you don't have to give gifts. You can write a little thank you note or something like that. But if somebody does you a solid, a big favor, send them a little something. So I use Harry and David. You know, they, they send all kinds of tasty treats. And they have a little basket. And it looks nice. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on them this year or last year. Um, so I, I ordered a basket to send to somebody and it didn't get there. So I had my assistant, the best in the world, um, call Harry and David and say, gee, you know, we ordered this and didn't get there. And the person said, well, too bad. We'll give you your money back. We, wait, 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 we need an explanation. No, we don't have one. Then we went to the PR person and a person, PR person said, ah, too bad. Okay. So then I did the final thought saying, look, when you order on the internet, be very, very careful because you get hosed. It's not hard to hose you. It's much hard. You walk into a store in your town, you order something, you're looking at somebody and they know who you are. And there's a screw up. You can really correct the wrong. You're doing it on a computer a lot harder. That was my point. Anyway, the president of uh, Harry and David got wind of my disenchantments. His name is Stephen Lightman. And he did the right thing. Now, okay, I'm me and I'm a big mouth and, and millions of people hear what I say. I got it. But I think Mr. Lightman, in my correspondence with him, knows the central point that customers are valuable. If you're helping a business by spending money with it, you're valuable and you need to be treated with respect. We were not treated with respect by Harry and David in the beginning. Now that has been rectified. And the final point is this. When somebody makes a mistake and they say, we're really sorry, we're going to correct the mistake. I say, yes, that's all I need. If they make a second mistake, then we got to deal with it. But if somebody makes a mistake in your life, or if you make it and you have a very sincere apology, got to accept it. Okay. And if you do that, you're a good person. If you don't do it, if you don't and hold a grudge, you're not a good person. We'll see you tomorrow.